Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you for day 12 of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Another big day and another golden day. Oh, it feels so nice to say those words again. A medal that we all knew we were winning today, but Australia got another gold and two bronzes. We talk about surprise medals. Well, we got two medals that I don't know if we were overly expecting today. So a big day for Australia. And at the time of starting this, it's a nothing day for Canada. But, but, there's a big but on that. That sounds a bit wrong, uh, because they've got a very big chance of one or maybe two medals uh, at an event that is still to come, which may or may not happen while we are on air, so uh, stay tuned for that. But for that reason, the uh, Canadian is still sulking, so he's off uh, doing something else. So it's just an all-Australian episode today, so Athlete of the Day for Australia, bring it on. Uh, Jared Lubick is with me once more. Jared, uh, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, it's great to be on a uh, Canadian-free episode. Yes, gosh, we actually uh, got some comments on Twitter uh, about the little uh, the incident at the beginning there. So um, you know, uh, good to see that it uh, it spurred some uh, excitement over on the Twitterverse. But um, I think he's going to change his nappy. It takes a while for that to to happen. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, a golden day for Australia. Matthew Belcher, William Ryan got the goal we all knew was coming in the men's four seventy, and uh, I mean, I, I ended up seeing it. They showed it. It's the one time they show sailing is when they're actually going to win a gold. But uh, this, of course, was revenge for Rio. Uh, they both got silver in Rio, but they finally got the gold. But for Matthew Belcher, this is his third Olympic medal, gold in London in the 470 class. So uh, I believe he's become the most decorated skipper in the 470 class at the Olympics. So uh, that's a, the title we all want. Um, yeah, I mean, look. I feel like I shit all over the sailing, but the sailors never let us down. Every Olympics, I swear we get, what, at least one gold, maybe two. Um, London, famously, we had about two or three in one day, didn't we, that came to our rescue. So we may make fun of it, but uh, it's always good to rely on our uh, champion sailors. Yeah, it's just one of those sports that it's um, obviously not heavily publicised and it's difficult to watch at times, um, but... Yeah, it's exciting that it's we've got such a good history in it and that it is something that we can always bank on to um, boost the medal tally a bit. Now, since uh, Sydney, this is our fourth gold medal in the 470 class. So uh, we, we're generally pretty good in this one. So uh, only in Athens did we not win gold. And, of course, as I said, in Rio, we were runners-up in that one. So uh, you got to go all the way back to uh, before Sydney uh, when we didn't really medal. We medaled in the very first 470 back in Montreal. Of course, the esteemed Ian Brown and Ian Ruff, the uh, the Ian, the boat of Ians, back then taking that in Montreal. 
But, uh, yeah, it's definitely one that uh, we, we tend to rely on quite well. Of course, got the gold in this one in Sydney as well and uh, Beijing for the women. So, uh, obviously a good class. I mean, of all the sailing classes, Jared, I mean, Laser and 470 are my favourite. Uh, what about you? What's your favourite in the sailing? Um, yeah, probably similar. They're just such exciting events. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you could go past the Laser. It's just um, the epitome of sailing. It's called it's called laser. I mean that that in itself uh, is amazing. But uh, I mean, look, it's 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 interesting because I I can't tell the difference between any of these boats. I'm sure there's plenty of differences. Uh, some have one person on it. Some have two. Uh, where's like the the Sydney to Hobart style ones with like 50 people on the boat? It's like I kind of want to see these you know super yachts out there in the harbour in Tokyo clanging and things. I want Wild Oats Eleven out there, you know, doing that sort of stuff. Australia Two. I want to land down under being played and Alan Bond and Bob Hawke telling everyone it gets fired the next day, going to work and boss doing that's a bum. I mean, really make this sailing. We made sailing with Pirates of the Caribbean the other day, Jared. Come on, turn the wick up a little bit more. Yeah, I think there's a lot they could do to increase um, interest in the sport. I think, for one thing, a relay of all the different classes. Yes. Then you go from one boat to the next boat. Hands down. Mixed relays to keep mm-hmm. it exciting. Um, artistic sailing could be a thing. Why not? Um, you know, you could have uh, sailing boxing, like, you know, like battle boats kind of out there as well. So, uh, yeah, in all seriousness, great. Australia get another goal. We knew it was coming. I feel like I'm talking shit, but in all seriousness, I mean, Matthew Belcher, three-time Olympic medalist now, two gold, one silver, William Ryan now, silver and a, a gold. Uh, incredible effort from them. In that race, we should say that Sweden got the silver, Spain got the bronze, uh, and two bronzes for Australia. Now, I guess when I say kind of unexpected, I mean, we knew we were in a bronze medal race today against New Zealand in the uh, men's team pursuit. So not really a huge surprise. We knew we were in a shot at a medal, and uh, we did win it. I believe New Zealand crashed. I didn't actually catch it. But uh, I think this is just reward for the team who obviously had that handlebar malfunction the other day. Uh, they generally were in a with more of a shot, I think, than a bronze. So they were kind of obviously a bit disappointed. But get a bronze medal, Kiwis crash. That's a pretty good result for us. Yeah, absolutely. I love how, like, we had obviously that malfunction with the handlebars the other day, but they found three other bikes that had like a similar or the same fault that they had to <laughs> remove from from like the Australian teams, like. Um, what would you say, like backup like bikes? They just had to switch them over to different bikes because three more had faulty issues with them as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see they've got them on hand, right? Like, you know, it's uh, it would have been funny if they had said, like, oh, we borrowed them from New Zealand or something along those lines. But uh, there you go. But the other bronze, I mean, I, I woke up to this. Uh, we mentioned slightly that the marathon swim was on, uh, the women's 10K, and we got our very first medal in marathon swimming, can you believe? And this has only been a, a fairly new event. I think, believe, was it Beijing was the first time that it was brought in? Uh, Karina Lee took the bronze in a photo finish, if you don't mind. And uh, I actually, I do like the end of marathon swimming when they've got to whack that board. Like, that's actually really, really entertaining. But uh, a nice little surprise to wake up to uh, to win a marathon swimming medal. History day for Karina Lee. Yeah, I always find it fascinating in whether it be like the marathon on land or the marathon swim, the fact that you can have these really long distances and it still comes down to a touch, which it did in the case of second and third in this one. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I, I would love to get Karina on the show uh, or any marathon swimmer on the show for that because it's kind of one of these things of what what makes you do marathon swimming rather than lap swimming. And I'm sure there is something to it. Maybe 
you do a 1500 meter and you're like, this is too easy. Like, I mean, maybe they can do a 1500 meter in like 10 minutes. I'm like, nah, I need a challenge. Um, but I mean, it's kind of one of these sort of interesting things that I would like to find out. There's so many sports in that way that I feel like, why do you choose the hurdles over doing, you know, normal running or a pole vault? Like, I mean, what makes you do pole vault moguls? Like, why do you want to ski over bumps? Like, there is a method to the madness, but uh, I mean, this is great. I always like it when we sort of create history. Obviously, it's a fairly new event, but, uh, you know, a, a bronze medal there for Karina. And I'm surprised we haven't seen blanket replays of this, Jared. I mean, it's swimming. Come on. Why hasn't this been shown, like, nonstop all day? Yeah, there's no equality. It's not really fair, is it? I do love how um, this is slightly more prestigious than um, getting a, getting the first ever Australian female through to a um, skateboarding <laughs> park final. <laughs> Yes, um, we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, uh, no other medals. I mean, we've obviously got Peter Bowl still to come. Uh, while we're recording, it's about 27 minutes away, so we will be on air. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. And, of course, uh, for Canada, no medals for them today, but Andre de Grasse and Aaron Brown are still to come in the 200, which uh, we may or may not be still on air with that one. But, uh, obviously, Colin, I think, has just had to take the day off to uh, get some more tissues for, for both the upper and the lower part of the body for the excitement that may come from this. But uh, how are we feeling about Peter there? I mean, watching right now, they've been showing a lot of uh, coverage about him. Bruce is actually on camera right now. It's rare you see Bruce. Uh, he's with Hamish McLaughlin, I see. They're talking about the 400 women's hurdles, which we'll mention in a minute. But uh, how, how are you feeling about Peter? Will it be an unbeliever bowl evening tonight? You know, I've got a good feeling, but it's kind of starting to fade today just based on the amount of coverage he's getting. Yeah. Like, just purely based on his races, I think that he's been, like, running great. Like, he's generally towards the front of his heats, and he's able, he was able to, like, maintain his speed, like, throughout the heat and the semi. But just with all the hype and coverage and, as you say, the whole his new, like, nickname of Unbelievable, um, I feel like seven's just laying it on a little bit thick and we may be getting a um, another case of uh, Rowan Browning in the 100-meter um, sprint. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've got a bit of a feeling of that one too, which, uh, I mean, look, it, it's great. The story behind him, sort of a, what, a Sudanese uh, refugee came to Australia at a very young age and kind of, you know, everything about his story is really, really great and they've really been showing a lot of that. Um, he's actually a podcast host too. So uh, we, we need to, I think, keep an eye out on this for, for us right now, that this is a chance for, for people like us that can go to the Olympics and win a gold medal. Uh, he hosts a podcast called In My Spikes. So uh, everybody probably should check that out. It's a lot better than our podcast. But, uh, yeah, well, for, for, for Sudanese refugees, for Australian runners, for 800-meter runners, and for podcast hosts, that's what he's, uh, who he's running for tonight. Where, where's the uh, massive montage on podcast hosts dreaming that this will happen? You know, uh, I, I want to see the inspirational messages from podcast hosts. Yeah, where's that headline from Mike to track? Um, yeah. Surely that that's got to get a run at some point. Probably if he fails, they'll yeah, say, oh, well, "Do we expect anything more from a lowly <laughs> podcast host?" Come on! If he didn't waste too much time podcasting, then uh, that would have uh, been different. Um, now we'll go over the medal results. There's still a few events, of course, that are being decided right now. Uh, one that has just wrapped up while we were recording is the women's three thousand meter steeplechase, uh, and it's gold to Uganda. Parath uh, Chimata, uh, Courtney uh, Freak, Freak, 
the the woman from America got silver, and uh, even King. If I actually watch these and listen to the way they pronounce it, I'd probably get it right, wouldn't I? Uh, for Canada, uh, Genevieve Lalonde was eleventh. And for Australia, Genevieve Gregson did not finish. Uh, so both Genevieves, uh, they're mixed fortunes for Australia and Canada. We we may have been doing something else while that was on, Jared. I don't know if you had uh, an eye on I didn't see what happened to uh, the Aussie girl there. No, I didn't. I just saw photos afterwards of her lying in a puddle and then her being wheelchaired off the course. Oh. So I'm assuming okay. she took a tumble and then um, hurt her leg or something. But, yeah, just... Um, I mean, it's not great when people fall, but it can be kind of interesting to watch, um, but hopefully she's okay. I'm interested in the wheelchair thing because we might have somebody talk about later on with the wheelchair. Uh, the 400 hurdles are the women's. I mean, we saw the, the men's world record go yesterday. Uh, similar thing today, Sydney McLaughlin, who I believe has uh, set the world record now twice at these Olympics. Uh, incredible feat by her. Uh, as America won two, Delilah Muhammad Silver and Netherlands Femke Ball uh, took the bronze in that one as well. We've still got the men's 200, obviously, the men's 800, obviously, and the men's hammer throw is still to come tonight. Uh, the artistic swimming duet is happening right now, so uh, maybe we might have a result of that at some point. Uh, boxing today, it was another goal for Q- Cuba. Cuba, just like get going, Cuba. They've been amazing the last few days. It's obviously like Australia in the first week. The second week's all about Cuba. Uh, Arlen Lopez took the gold in the light heavyweight ahead of Brit's Benjamin Whitaker. Can I just say thank you, Cuba, because we've got Britain breathing down our neck right now. I thought it was rock, but it's Britain now. And they've had a couple of favourites today not win the gold. So uh, thank you very much that we are still uh, sitting in fourth on the medal tally. It seems as Britain can't quite get the gold. Uh, bronze went to Rock and Azerbaijan. In the cycling, of course, Australia got the bronze in the men's team pursuit, but Italy took the gold and Denmark got the esteemed cycling nation of Denmark. I, I just I don't understand this. Uh, the equestrian, the individual jumping is happening right now. Uh, we'll bring you updates on that. Uh, sailing, as I mentioned, Australia gold in the men's 470, Sweden still over Spain bronze in the women's Britain did get a gold today in the women's 470 to Hannah Mills and Elida McIntyre silver to Poland bronze to France skateboarding the women's park uh Japan again is this three out of three Japan have got now in skateboarding for gold Sakura Yosuzumi uh, ahead of Kokona Haraka, Haraki and bronze to Britain. Sky Brown, Jesus Christ, why his Sky Brown's name one more time? I'm going to slap someone. Um, and in the women's marathon, Australia bronze, it was gold to Brazil and silver to the Netherlands. Uh, and in the wrestling, the Greco-Roman 67 kilos, I can tell you the bronze has gone to Germany and Egypt. Um, but that one's still to be decided, as is the Greco-Roman 87, the women's freestyle 62 kilos, and the weightlifting, the big boys, 109 plus kilo is happening right now as we speak. So I'll give you a brief medal tally update right now, even though this, of course, uh, is set to change with other events happening right now. Uh, China still on top. This is a is this China's first day with not only without a gold, but maybe without a medal as of right now. I mean, I've got the weightlifting to go right now, but... Uh, didn't see any medals for China today. 32 gold, 21 silver, 16 bronze, 69 in total. The US, 25 gold, 30 silver, 22 bronze, 77 in total. Japan, 20 gold, 7 silver, 12 bronze, 39 in total. Australia, still in fourth, 15 gold, 4 silver. The silvers are letting us down. Uh, 17 bronze and 36 in total. Britain, 14 gold. We know as soon as they get one more gold, they're ahead of us because they've got 18 silver uh, and 15 bronze for 47 in total. While Canada have slipped to 17th. Come on, Canada, de Grasse. 
is your only hope tonight. Uh, you need to go a 1-2. Uh, 3 gold, 4 silver, 7 bronze, 14 in total. New Zealand are in 12, 6 gold, 4 silver, and 5 bronze, 15 in total. And for those wondering, of course, where Namibia are, they are in equal 70th uh, currently with one silver medal. That is Ben's random country of the day coming again tomorrow. Um, I, I'm I'm shocked that Britain just are getting all these silvers. 18, I mean, Russia too. Sorry, Rock. We talked that up at the beginning, but I mean, 18 silver for Britain, 21 for Rock. Uh, and even we should mention the US, 30 silver. So some of these powerhouse nations are kind of coming up short and other countries are stealing the gold. I've got to say, I kind of like it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's good for us in terms of the countries that are biting at our heels. Like, you have to feel that the Brits have got to get, like, there's got to be a gold coming to them at some point in the track cycling. But just so far, they just have underperformed a little bit there. Yeah, I, 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 I'm weirdly hoping that we can hang on to top five. That would be nice. Um, I'm not confident of holding on to fourth. But, uh, yeah, you got Britain and Russia breathing down. You know, I mean, with events to come still, like, yeah, you'd expect Britain surely in the cycling, as you said. I mean, boxing, they generally get a sneaky gold, potentially. Uh, equestrian, there's still a couple of equestrian events to go. And athletics, they've got a few there. So, yeah, it's not be surprising in Britain. But Russia, like, it's interesting. I mean, wrestling, I'm guessing, maybe they've got a few ones there. If they beat some of all the stands, uh, I think they're still in the volleyball. Uh, so, you know, but then you've got to look back, I guess, to Germany, France, Italy. You know, these countries that are generally always around us. Uh, I mean, we've got more than double the gold of France and Italy. Germany, uh, pretty much double of theirs. So, I mean, I feel... Top six is pretty much a lock right now. I'll probably jinx that. But, I mean, unless Germany, France, and Italy go on an absolute barnstorming of gold in the final few days, and the Dutch, uh, I mean, I feel top six. We're surely secure in the top six. Yeah, you would think so. You have to feel that, as you said, like the Brits, surely they'll pick up a couple somewhere. Um, and then Rock, um, I mean, the artistic swimming for one thing, it's just one event, but then also all of the... Um, the rhythmic gymnastics, you've got to think that they're True. probably favourites in a lot of those events. So um, well, yeah. I feel like they'll get a couple there. It's our favourite event too, of course. You've got to get to that as well. South Korea, interestingly enough, have gone a very large amount of time without a gold medal. They have slipped very much out of the top 10, still on six. I've, it's got to be about a week, I think, I've since I've seen South Korea winning a gold. All their archery's uh, ended and the taekwondo's ended, so they're screwed there. Just quickly on Australia, though, with 15 gold, we should probably mention this. This is our third best Olympics now in terms of gold medals won. Only Sydney and Athens are ahead of this. So should the Kookaburras come through uh, tomorrow, that would equal Sydney in terms of that one. And if maybe the Boomers or Peter tonight or we can get a sneaky gold somewhere else, you know, it'd be nice to get up to Athens. But, I mean, look, I'd take 16 gold. I think that's more than you and I predicted and, and Colin predicted on our tally. Um, and in terms of whenever we've gotten, uh, of course, we've beaten Beijing now 14. So 14 gold in Beijing got a six on the medal tally. And both in Athens and Sydney, we were fourth with 16 and 17. Our most successful in terms of highest placing was third back in Melbourne, but I doubt we're even going to remotely get close to third. For Canada, obviously they've gone a few days without medals now, although, again, we're hopeful for this evening. Uh, they got four gold, of course, in Rio, and they haven't gotten higher than four since Barcelona. They got seven back in Barcelona. So uh, they will be hopeful that uh, maybe a gold tonight and maybe their decathlete who's doing uh, somewhat decently, they can get to that magical five for Canada. So uh, we'll see how 
that plays out. Um, I might actually, uh, before I go through some of the results, I might jump straight to what did you watch today? Let's let's shake up the apple tree a little bit, Jared. Why not? What what did you watch today? Uh, well, I caught the end of the marathon swim, and then I saw a little bit of the start of the hockey between uh, India and Argentina, which is potentially just finished or it's around about um, there. Um, and then a little, uh, a couple of the decathlon events. So I saw the hundred meter sprint and a bit of the high jump. Um, outside of that, uh, not a whole lot. I did see, sorry, I did see the um, the women's fifteen hundred meter semis, which was very impressive from um, Hull yeah. and Hall. <laughs> exactly, Hull and Hall. They got the Genevieves in one and Hull and Hall in the other. Yeah, two, two through to the final. Uh, Argentina did come through for the win over India, two one. Uh, so they will play the Dutch with the gold. I want to go over some of the team sports uh, in this episode just because I feel obviously we've been focused on Australia and Canada, but there's obviously some team sports which we've not focused on at all, which I feel is important to kind of update where they're going there. Um, Yeah, I woke up to the joys of skateboarding, although I have to say a lot better than the other one. Like it was a little bit more entertaining, but again, when you put it on mute and you don't have to listen to those knobs commentate, it's a lot better. Um, so, I mean, that was fine. It was still entertaining to watch all of those girls fall on their face. Um, yeah, I got a bit of the, bit of the canoe, bit of the cycling. I watched some more of the, uh, sport climbing tonight, a bit of diving, bit of equestrian sailing and athletics. Um, so kind of the standard ones. Yeah, I sadly didn't see the marathon swim. Maybe I need to go back onto the uh, seven plus app and check it out to see if that uh, actually works. Um, let's go over how, uh, some other results went for Canada and Australia today for Canada. Um, they're obviously hanging out for about another hour and a bit for the 200. And, uh, we've just seen on the screens of seven, Andre de Grasse with the big words, favorite in front of him, Jared, which look, I, I'm not even joking when I say this. I, I sincerely hope Andre wins. I, I think he's got the silver. He's got uh, two bron- three bronzes now, so a silver and three bronzes. So it's the Jess Fox scenario. He deserves a gold. So uh, he's going in as a favourite. And Aaron Brown off the podium guest, you know, another medal for Colin. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. So I'm excited to see um, how that will go there. Um, in the uh, decathlon, uh, Damian Warner... Uh, apparently it was at the long jump that uh, had that been in the actual final of the the normal long jump he would have won a bronze i believe uh so so good was that uh was he in that um he also i believe bummed out in the high jump but was leading after the 100 the long jump and the shot put so uh not quite sure where he's at there but he's doing well he's uh this big great hope that uh colin's talking a lot about there um, now we had two sisters in the 1500, uh, two Canadian sisters, I should say. Uh, now how did they go? I can tell you that Lucia Stafford did not make the final, but Gabriella de Blue Stafford did make the final. So, uh, one out of two, not bad. Wonder how that Christmas will go this year around the dinner table to say that one of them made the final and the other didn't. Um, in artistic swimming, uh, I can proudly say the Canadians are in fifth place heading into the final tonight. And in all seriousness, Canada is quite good in artistic swimming. So, uh, medal chance there. Uh, equestrian, uh, Maria Desloris will compete in the jumping final tonight. So best of luck to him. Uh, Kate Sanderson in the 10K marathon was 18th in the canoe kayak. 
uh, the very first time the C1 200 meter was held. And uh, good news for Katie Vincent and Lawrence Vincent Lapointe. They won their heats and are through to the semi-finals. That's what we were expecting, wasn't it? Uh, good to see there. Bronze medalists from London, Nick Matviev and Marc De Jong in the K1 200 metres. Um, uh, through, are they? Yes. Uh, no. Maybe. Uh, Matviev did, uh, but uh, De Jong didn't. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> I know how to read. And Michelle Russell... Uh, through the quarters of K1 500, she's through to the semis, and um, Brian Malfici and Vincent Jordans did not make it through to the semis, and we'll go into the B final. Good for them. In the diving, the 10 meter platform, Megan Benfito and Selena Toth uh, are through to the semi finals. Good for them. Uh, in track cycling, Canada got fifth in the team pursuit, they beat Germany. Good job. Uh, that's what I was expecting from them. I shouldn't meant I should mention uh, the Ben Waterworth curse there. Jay Lamaru, fifth, good for him. Uh, he's part of that team. Uh, and there was a couple of other Canadians in action. Kelsey Mitchell and Lorraine Janest won their rounds of the heats of the Kieran, so we'll be through to the quarterfinal. While uh, Hugo Barrett and Nick Wammers uh, threw into the round of 32 in the men's sprint golf. Uh, people hit balls. Um, Brooke Henderson and Elena Sharp. Um, both are three over par and are eight strikes off the leader. Damn. And Alana Yip in the sport climbing. She did well in the speed. I think I caught her run. I believe she was in the top 10. Uh, and I should pull up the other results shortly to see how she's gone in the bouldering, which is, of course, takes about five hours, doesn't it? I think I, didn't we track it about seven hours last night? Um, she, after bouldering, is in 16th place. So uh, she's dropped down. Doesn't like the bouldering, does Alana? Gee, she's let her country down there. So uh, there you go. Uh, we're about 10 minutes away from the 800. So I'm just going to see if I can fly through some of these other Aussie results for you right now. Uh, in the men's decathlon, uh, as opposed to the women's decathlon, because there's a hept heptathlon, I should say. So just in the decathlon. Uh, two Aussies in that one. Uh, Ashley Maloney and uh, Cedric Dubler. Uh, doing quite well. Ashley Maloney is currently sitting uh, in third place, so doing quite well. And uh, he actually won the high jump, so um, good for him. Uh, the 400 meters still to come, but uh, and then Cedric, what a name! I like the name Cedric. Is in the bottom half. I can see here. So uh, yeah, quite a bit of that today. I actually don't mind the decathlon. I know I know Colin's really into the decathlon. I can see why it's entertaining. It is. It's good. It's. Um... It's interesting to see like these athletes who are so multi-talented and to the, like the point you brought up before, the fact that they can, I suppose they have certain events that they're better at within the spectrum of the decathlon. And some of them really, they could compete in individually if it wasn't kind of too many sports and too much effort in like a short amount of time. And they're saving themselves yeah. for the decathlon, but the fact that they're getting these great individual results, it's, I mean, there's potential there for them to maybe, look into competing, I suppose, in something apart from the decathlon as well. Yeah, it's, and it's another one of these sports too where it's like, yeah, it's kind of like what makes you think to yourself, oh, I'm good at all 10 rather than just oh, I'm just going to choose one. Like people just can't make their mind up clearly. Um, as you mentioned, the 1500, great result for Australia, two into the final, Lyndon Hall and Jessica Hull, Hull and Hall into the final. So um, great to see there. 
Uh, the men's javelin. We did not have a competitor, uh, so I don't know why I'm talking about it. Um, in the... Uh, what am I looking at here? The 3,000 steeplechase. We've already gone over that, haven't we? Uh, in the heptathlon, we do not have a competitor in it. Uh, I did miss out. There was a Canadian in the heptathlon. And uh, that, of course, is Georgia Ellenwood. And she looks like she's in about 10th place. So uh, doing okay there. Um, in the men's sprint, uh, we had a bunch of Aussies in there. And they didn't look like they did very well by the looks of things here. So I can see a lot of people not doing well, um, which is not good. Uh, <laughs> so I can see that Matthew Richardson didn't make it through. Nathan Hart... Matthew Richardson, he's gone from football to cycling. Didn't realize that. Uh, Nathan Hart did not make it through. Um, and, yeah, gee, we're really not doing well in cycling. A bronze might be the only thing we get, Jared. What's going on? We talked about this last night, but I don't like this. Why aren't we good at track cycling anymore? Yeah, it's an odd one. I, fi- I think in the in the sprint, we actually, Matthew um, Glazer was meant to compete, but he pulled out because of a medical issue or something. I think he was kind of our best uh, hope in that so that maybe explains why we haven't progressed uh, kind of past the i don't know what round of 32 or whatever in that right okay gotcha uh in the women's kieran uh carly mcculloch did not make it through in her heat but she made it through in the repper charge uh so um that's good that she got in the second i don't like repper charge repper charges are weird why do we have repper charges i mean like second chances like is this a thing they're a um Another topic for discussion on our sports episode. It's like Redemption Island or something like that. Do we really, mm. really need that? Um, canoe, kayak. We had a couple of competitors out there on the water today uh, in the K2 1000. Uh, Riley Fitzsimmons and Jordan Wood won their quarterfinal and are through to the semis. Congratulations to them. Uh, in the women's K1 200, uh, unfortunately, Josephine Bulmer did not make it through. She was last in her quarterfinal. And Bernadette Wallace, I believe the sister of Ken Wallace, uh, great canoeist, uh, she did not make it through either. Uh, but did I mention Katie Vincent for Canada? If not, she is through, and as is Lawrence Vincent Lapointe. I think I did mention them, but they'll, they'll get some extra airtime tonight. Uh, in the women's K1 500, the great Lisa Carrington is through to the semi-final. Get on board the New Zealand hype train. Get that one more medal, Lisa. She's actually going to be in a semi-final against two Aussies, Alyssa Bull and Elise Wood are through in that one. So um, you tell you what, we don't want a New Zealander breaking a record. So just steer your boat, do what Britain did in the rowing and take them out in the semi, basically. So Lisa can't get that extra medal. How about that? Um, Peter Bowl, of course, uh, about to run very, very shortly. Um, the Opals today, I shall come back to the Opals. Uh, we'll go through that very, very soon. Uh, the 110 hurdles are still on athletics here. Uh, Nicholas um, Huff, that's how you say his name, isn't it? Huff Puffin, yep. Uh, seventh. Uh, he wasn't too happy. He had some calf soreness, I believe. But uh, I, I don't think there was a hurdle he didn't hit. Mm, I was going to say, it was very <laughs> impressive. If that was the aim of the sport, he did a great job. Yes, if the goal, yeah, you did very well there, Nicholas. But he seems like a nice guy. So, a bit uh, confused I, between uh, hurdles and dominoes there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sports climbing, as I said, Oceana McKenzie. 
uh, is uh, currently in 12th after the bouldering. So uh, that's good, better than Tom, but uh, Tom did his best. And uh, sorry that I cursed you, Tom. Uh, in the skateboarding, we had a finalist, Jared uh, Poppy Olsen. Oh, it's been it's been so long since Australia mm-hmm. has made a finals of a skateboarding, hasn't it? Broken the drought. Uh, fifth place, though, for Poppy. So not a bad result. She was only uh, 10 points off uh, getting a bronze there. So uh, good job. And she I'm, was I'm... automatically more likable because she was of a reasonable age to be an Olympic champion if she'd yeah. won. <laughs> what is she? How old is she? 16, 17 or... I thought she was like 20 or something. Oh, is she older? Okay, there you go. <laughs> Good to see that I'm paying attention. Um, in the golf, uh, Minji Lee and Hannah Green are both in a tie for 23 at even par uh, on day one. Diving, great work for Melissa Wu, uh, one of our veterans of the team. Fourth place, head of the Canadians. Suck it, Canada. Um, so she is through to the finals, uh, the semifinals, I should say, while Nikita Haynes did not make it sadly. I, I like the 10-metre one's always the one I enjoy. That's kind of the one that we had Laura Hinkson on before. And uh, generally the one we have all the success in is the 10-metre one. And, I, and look, I'm a chicken. I can't even get a one-metre board. So these, these women are brave as heck, but I love watching it. Yeah, I think it's more exciting to watch because they can do a little bit more because they got a bit more airtime than the springboard. Yeah, exactly. Although course- diving as well, do we need so many rounds? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of competitors, isn't there? So, I mean, I guess. But, um, oh, I'm seeing the steeplechase replay, and uh, there she goes, flat in the face. And I love the photographer right behind her, just taking photos of her while she's dead on the ground. Um, Classy there by the Tokyo photographers. Um, Basketball, unfortunately for the Opals, it wasn't really a surprise, let's be honest. This was, what, the 54th match in a row America have won at the Olympics. 79 to 55. I turned it off when we're about 30 or 40 points down. But, I mean, the win for us was basically making it to the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I suppose you would have been expecting more than that going into the Olympics, but given how we had to come through that last group game, I think probably uh deserved it wasn't a case where the quarterfinals were um reward rewarding the lower ranked team this was one where the quarterfinals got it right you could say yeah um <laughs> but yeah no this was good i i turned it on and we were winning two nil so it was a good start to the game yeah exactly well you could say you were leading at one point just checking out now god peter bowles got a a huge crowd together at uh, uh is, he, is he from i hope he's not from sydney because they're on lockdown i mean this is this is bad for covid um, let's just say they're in Melbourne uh, or Hobart. It's probably safer there. But check out the crowd there, Jared. That's uh, that's literally bigger than the crowd in the Olympic Stadium right now. It's true. Although it's that's almost feels like that's the type of energy we were just getting just before at the sport climbing. Where I don't know if you saw, but they just had like a random breakdancing segment. Oh. Don't wow. know if it was like just because or if it was meant to be a lead up to Paris or like an exhibition thing. <laughs> But they just had people break dancing, like a group break dancing for like 20 minutes. Maybe. Who knows? Um, where we're going to go, Peter Bowles' race is about to be on. But I tell you what, what we'll do now, because uh, I feel like we're almost going to be not necessarily commentating this, but cheering on this live. Uh, we might actually throw to actual commentary uh, earlier today. Uh, Jared had the day off because he was had to prepare himself for a certain other event that we will have tomorrow. But uh, Colin and I headed out to watch some wrestling and uh, it was a little bit more entertaining than we thought it was. So uh, let's cross now to Colin and myself commentating wrestling. Yes, welcome to the Makahori Mess Hall, or as they're calling it here, Madison Tokyo Garden, for what is being billed as the match that stops the world. It is Tokyo Olympic Mania 2020 as we get ready for 
the Greco-Roman quarterfinals between Kyrgyzstan's Aksol Mahmudov and Azerbaijan's Rafid Huzanayov. And before I welcome my esteemed colleague to Country Box, I will say it's great the IOC to introduce walk-on music today. And as we can see here, uh, Axo is uh, doing the classic Hulk Hogan song, I Am A Real American, even though he is from Kyrgyzstan. Not sure the methodology there. But uh, joining me is former world champion in the Intercontinental Bout from 1996, Colin Hilding. Colin, what a pleasure it is to wrestle today. As we hear Rafig coming on now to the Rocks Ooh. theme. Wow, I didn't see him choose that theme today. And tell me, all those cornermen behind him, they are part of the Battle Royal tonight. Uh, they're they just coming out as an entourage, but they will be competing later on in the Over the Top Rope Battle Royal. No, that's Yokozuna behind him. They lost a lot of weight over the years, so I'm glad to see that. Oh, there's wow. A, no, doesn't he look fit? Good look work, healthy? Yoko. I know, absolutely incredible there. But uh, yeah, great for the IOC to try and get the kids in here. As we see uh, Finland's Stevo Pedrovic wearing, uh, I believe that says face shield. Yes, quite obvious what he is wearing there. Uh, but the IOC to implement all these things, get the kids involved. They know they love their professional wrestling and they haven't quite gone for the professional at the Olympics yet. But in the meantime, getting some uh, professional elements in as we're about to get started here, Colin. Now that face shield will come in very handy once the chair shots start. So steel chairs will be flying, but he will be okay. Now take us through just what's going on here in the early rounds as uh, we do see the Azerbaijanian kind of go for the headlock quite early. Now, is this common from Azerbaijanian wrestlers? No, not typically, but he is quite upset that uh, the wrestler here from Kyrgyzstan uh, has made up his country because uh, he wanted to be entered in the Olympics he forged his forms, and now it's become a grudge match because he says, I'm the only Baijan here. Cursor Baijan, you do not exist. And it's a very interesting element then to add to that, that he did choose to go out to the Hulk Hogan, I'm a real American, so clearly sucking up to the USOC to try and get some citizenship there. But as we see here, Axel got a bit of a leg injury. He's wearing the black taper. Is this a, is this a ploy here to go up against his Azerbaijani competitor to say, hey, look, I'm injured, aim for my leg, but maybe he secretly got a steel chair hidden underneath there. Yeah, you know, there's some brass knucks that are going to be buried in that pad there, and at some point he'll whip those out, knock out his Azerbaijanian opponent, and then the grudge match will officially be over. Now it's interesting to see here the move is all oh, the Azerbaijanian goes for the throw, he goes out the second, oh, and he does a backflip pike. I think he's got the wrong sport there, has he, uh, Huznayov? I think he should have been at the yeah. diving pool, and, he, and his coach sees it. He's like, no, no, you should have been training for wrestling, not diving. And, you know, that, that hold, that was called a Flinflon Fujiwara takedown. Uh, uh, yes. Learned, of course, in the Great White North from the uh, one and only Flintobby and Flabius himself. Yes, I, I did read about that. That is uh, good to see in person. But uh, the competitors here just going for the grabby grabs. Now, I'm not too sure if they need to go for the flippy flips here, as we did see from the Azerbaijanians. Mm -hmm. But uh, Axel here trying to go for the nipple clamp. And But uh, good to see here that Rafig is, 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 is prone to this attack. He's protecting the nipples. And protecting the nipples is important in this he's sport. Go, he's going lower. He's going for the honky-honk below the belt. Oh, wow. Bit early for the honky-honk, I feel. I feel the honky-honk should only oh, be done. Oh, he's getting really low there. Wow. And, well, there's, the referee stopped here. And uh, as, as Axel's very happy that he's, he's gotten out of that one. But uh, Rafig's coach again saying, look, no, you, you trained for the wrong sport. Diving is for Paris. And as we go into the downward dog right now, I do like it when well, they go into the downward dog. Now he's imitating swimming. He is. Rafig right now welcoming Axel into him. Oh, and here we go. Straight down below into the downward dog, but up into the upward dog. Oh. And oh, a throw down. Oh, Axel 
He goes in for the dry route. Now he's just humping him slightly. Now, this is a marking of territory, a classic Kyrgyzstanian wrestling move. Now he's got him on the headlock here. He's saying, hey, you're mine. Take it. Take it. That's it. The Finnish ref is liking this. He's getting in for a close view. He's going to put this on his OnlyFans account. Oh, and Axel now really trying to put him outside the yellow circle into the flippy flip mood and into the flippy flip on the backy back. And oh, that's an OnlyFans oh. special. That's a premium content. Oh, and don't the Kyrgyzstanians love it. Right over the top rope, and the countdown begins. One, two, three. He's got to be careful not to get counted out here or disqualified. I do wow. like how he uh, so seamlessly transitioned between the missionary position, the doggy position, and what I believe was the iguana position by the end there. Colin, I'm so impressed that you've learned some of these positions recently. Kudos to you. Wow. But, uh, that, that move. I've had some co-hosts exposing me to some videos. They sound like sick people. You should get away from them. Seven to one, that move brought Kyrgyzstan now. And just uh, listen to the crowd here. They're loving every minute of it. As oh, Axel yeah. once again picks him up. He goes for the carry. Oh, that's a slam down if you like it. That's almost the people's elbow. Can you yeah. smell what Axel is cooking? And doesn't his coach love it? You talked wow. about the crowd here. I mean, it is absolute pandemonium here. There are approximately 18 other fighters who are impatiently waiting there about, who are just saying, go, guys, go. Oh, it's over. There you go. Good it's man. It's over. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. It's been called. Oh, complimentary hug. They, they got very close during those missionary positions. Colin, I, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. We've seen some amazing stuff at Tokyo. But for Axel Makhmadov to beat Rafig Hasanayov in the missionary takedown, and look at the rig on him. My goodness me. If that doesn't make you want to get into men, then nothing will. Holy crap, I'm erect. Uh, I, I think we've witnessed history here. Uh, the sport of the future that the kids are all going to be waiting to see. No steel chairs, though, but there is still plenty of time in the night. Well, he's going into the mix zone. As we take a look at the replay, this is where it came from. The downward dog into the missionary. He's hitting the flip over, and then boom, yep. takes it over there. Then the crowd's still going crazy here. I'm surprised he's not jumping up in the belt buckles and drinking beer. We know he usually likes to do that, but he's composed. <laughs> this is only the quarterfinal. But it was the people's elbow that took him over into the missionary. Take a look at that grip. Oh, my goodness. That has got to mm. hurt. And I've got to say right now that I think Rafig is going back to Baku, a bruised man, Colin Hilding. He should have stuck to the diving. And he can't even speak, you Colin Hilding. He's that shocked. <laughs> I, I, I'm speaking. <laughs> uh, I, I do believe that after this bout, we're not going to be hearing the Rocks theme. We're not going to be hearing the real American. Uh, after the fondling that went on there, I'm pretty sure one of these men is going to change the theme he's up to. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy because, wow, oh. that was a lot of fondling, grabby grabs, and honky honks. Colin, I have to admit that was my walk-on music back in my professional wrestling days because it sticks true to who I am and Still who is I feel. today as a commentator. It is indeed. Yes, as we just saw there on the screen, of course, into the semifinals now is Axol and and how do you how do you predict his semi-final bout will go Colin I mean you know now that he's now that he's beaten Rafig I mean the, the world is at Axol's feet right now isn't it Yeah I think there will be a famous double cross when the new world order comes out yes. uh delivers a devastating leg drop and uh well Greco-Roman wrestling will be changed forever Indeed yes and I do hear rumors uh circulating that uh, Tupac or X-Pac, whatever that guy's name was, probably X-Pac, Tupac's dead, or is he, will also return at some point to put in the put in the spice to this event. 
And, uh, of course, the winner, as it is famously known in wrestling, not only do they go on to win the gold medal, but they go on to win a very esteemed Hollywood career where they will eventually get a TV show named after them and also star in Jungle Cruise coming soon to cinemas near you. Just had to get that subtle plug in there. Disney did threaten me with a gun. So uh, what an event. Look at the wrestling. Look at the crowd here. Look at the mats. I mean, the kids love the wrestling. The adults love the wrestling. And most importantly... The Kyrgyzstanians love the wrestling because they are through to the semi-finals of the men's Greco-Roman 77 kilos. Colin, it's always a pleasure to wrestle with you here in a commentary box. Thank you for your time. Uh, always exciting to get inside the squared circle and dive off some turnbuckles and deliver some headlocks and sharpshooters. Yes, I couldn't have said it better than myself, and I can't even speak properly. I'm that excited. And look at the camera work here. We've got people taking photos of Olympic rings. We've got women pushing their hands down. We've got producers on headsets I mean, fingers. all the highlights of wrestling are being seen right in front of us but let's cross back now to the off the podium studios as we go take ourselves a cold shower wow what an event Jared I'm sad you couldn't be there you missed out yeah like the OG of the Olympics wrestling really yeah how was that nearly off the, the remember that wasn't meant to be here in Tokyo. They they pulled it after uh, London, and then there was that outcry. Like seriously, like I, I mean, all jokes aside, wrestling to me is one of these staples that should be at the Olympics. This is like as traditional as you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Like I just don't. We've mentioned it before. The process of deciding which sports are in and which sports are out is a bit iffy. So, um, but that's one you've just got to keep just for the um nostalgia of it. We, we like we, we mentioned it a few times now. We're going to do a sports episode because uh, I mean we've got outside of interviews and everything between Olympics. You know we've got some other plans. We we sort of want to do maybe some retrospectives of each of the summer and winter games. Maybe sort of uh, we'll just get an old opening ceremony and just do some commentary over it or something along those lines. But uh, but yeah, that would be an interesting one to do just a sports episode. You know, in general, talking about what's in, what's out, and kind of things that like the instant the little like you know rapid charges and things like that as we just mentioned because there's a lot to digest when it comes to these sports particularly summer because you know winter there's not as many uh, and i can forgive the winter sports a little bit more but summer again like there's definitely some sports here we, we can cut yeah i think it's just it's working out the timing and just as you, we said just like the weird the rapid charges and weird rules like the one country in the slalom like one athlete per country it's just just odd that there's not much consistency across sports of the Olympics. Yeah, it's very interesting. Now, just uh, while we're waiting, uh, Ashley Maloney is still in second in the decathlon, nearly at the halfway point, four, after four events, seeing Cedric Dublin is in 15th. So I, uh, I I need my Bruce next to me. I don't know if Australia's ever medaled in the decathlon. Uh, but, I mean, I, this was could this be our surprise medal that we sort of the Chloe Esposito moment, the David Morris moment that no one's calling because... I, I've never heard anyone mention the words decathlon and medal for Australia ever. This could be a, a big result. I know it's not quite halfway yet. It's only four events in, but, I mean, uh, pretty pretty interesting to see that we've got somebody in uh, second place. Yeah, that's very exciting. I'm hoping that he can kind of hold on to that sport, and if he could go one better and take home the gold, wouldn't that be a story? Yeah, indeed. Uh, the 800 is getting very, very close to uh, starting right now. But uh, one thing I wanted to do in terms of 
results is I mentioned, of course, that uh, there's obviously a lot of team events happening at these Olympics that uh, we haven't really focused a lot on, and they're getting very much to the pointy end. Uh, We obviously talked a lot about softball in the first week, but uh, baseball, of course, is on. This weird notion of only having six countries qualify, just like they did in the softball. And uh, no Australia, no Canada, but we're into the pointy end right now, and I can tell you that we're into the semifinals and the U.S. are waiting to play uh, the loser of South Korea and Japan. So the winner of South Korea, this is even where it's weird in baseball because basically you don't just have quarters and semis. You've got like semis and the loser of a semi plays the U.S. for a spot in the gold medals. They get a second chance. Well, then it's, yeah, it's, it's all confusing. So anyway, South Korea and Japan will play each other and the winner of that goes through to the gold medal game. The loser plays the U.S. and then the winner of that game goes back into the gold medal game while the loser of that Plays Dominican Republic for bronze. Did you did you follow that, Jared? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I can I can tell you that Mexico and Israel have been eliminated, so the gold will either go to South Korea, Japan, or the US, and the bronze will either go to South Korea, Japan, US, or Dominican Republic, and silver will obviously go to South Korea. I uh, yeah, it's weird. They just make it complicated. Um, in the handball, uh, one of my favourite sports of the Olympics, we're at the semi-final stages. In the men's, we have France playing Egypt, who knocked off Germany. And didn't they go off on social media? This is a first for Egypt to make a handball semi-final. And this is a sport that I feel is dominated by Europe. So to have Egypt into the semis is massive. And Spain up against Denmark in the other semis. So I'm looking at Sweden. I'm looking at Norway, esteemed handball nations that aren't quite there. Uh, in the women, though, the Norwegians are in the semis up against Rock. And my favorite team at these Olympics, the Swedish women's handball team, are into the semis, and they will play either France or the Netherlands. So uh, who, are you, who, who are you picking there, Jared? Uh, I think the French. The French? You're on board mm-hmm. the French? Why not? Yep. Let's let's go the French. I'm going I'm going for the Swedes, and I'm going for Egypt in the men's because uh, let's, let's see some history there. Uh, in the volleyball, so indoor volleyball we are talking here, in the semis we've got France up against Argentina for the men and Brazil up against Rock for the men. And in the women, we have Serbia against the US in one semifinal. We've got South Korea beat Turkey, so they're through, and they will play either Brazil or Rock. And, of course, in the beach volleyball, we know that we're going to have Australia versus Latvia in one semi, Switzerland versus US in the other. In the men's, we're going to have Norway versus Latvia. Aren't Latvia having a great games in the beach volleyball? Those beaches in Latvia, God, get in there for summer uh, in one. And in the other, we're either going to have in one semi uh, quarter, we've got Qatar, Qatar versus Italy. And Germany versus Rock. So uh, I'm going for the Qataris there. They're having a big couple of years, Qatar, ahead of the World Cup next year. So all that money they're spending on the stadiums is working for their athletes as well, it seems. Yeah, it looks like it's paying off. I'm back in the Norwegians in that one. Yeah, get, get on the Norwegians. All right, the 800 is very close to, to getting underway here. I'll just quickly go with the water polo. Uh, and obviously, Australia eliminated in the men's, but we've got Greece into the semi finals. They'll play either Croatia or Hungary, uh, and Serbia and Spain in the other semi. In the women, uh, now that Australia and Canada are both out, you've got Spain and Hungary in one semi, USA and Rock. You can't go past the Americans. They're generally pretty dominant in the women's water polo. You're looking past them at all? No, I feel like they've got to unlock. And the men's football, uh, one we haven't really talked too much about, the gold medal game will be between Spain and Brazil, big powerhouses of world football. Bronze will be between Japan and Mexico. And uh, apparently there's a bit of talk about they're trying to move the gold medal game between Sweden and Canada because they don't want it during the day. So uh, I'm not sure if that's gone ahead yet, but uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, the 800 is about to start here, Jared. Uh, I mean, we're not going to have any sound effects here or anything. It's not commentating. We're just going to look. And Peter's running. That's a good start that he's... 
running. That's what that, you want, getting off the blocks. You do. He's actually he's, he's gone almost to the lead here now against the Botswanian. Uh, and, oh, there's that French man bun guy. Don't like him. And uh, Peter's cross. Uh, this always confuses me in the 800, the way they cross. It scares me that they're going to, like, trip over. But good good blocking move there by Peter to block the American. That's who you want to block, Isn't right? needed. Just start them together as a mass bunch. Shubby Shovington there between the Kenyan and the Botswanan. Traditional African rivals there. I do like the Kenyan's top, though. I like this kind of, uh, it's almost like a honeycomb fashion, mm. isn't it? It's kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a cool there. pattern. Yeah. Um, this is brilliant commentary. The American just, he's too busy looking at other people. Uh, I do like this. Uh, where's this competitor from? His name's Ben. It just literally says Ben on his shirt. So, oh, Peter's leading. Close the race. 400 done. All right, final lap. Come on, Peter. Get on board. <laughs> Bruce must be having a, an orgasm right now. I kind of wish I was right now. Okay, he's going to do the traditional Australian thing of leading and then probably losing. This uh, is last, from, right? Yeah, probably. Is this Polish guy here coming up into third now? He's looking uh, pretty strong. He's got the bling going on there. Peter's still leading. What are we out here? 600. The Kenyan's looking down. This Kenyan, Kenyan in second is going to do this. Mm. Although the Ben guy, he's really powering through at the back there. Yeah, this is why I don't commentate athletics. I'm just literally saying, oh, the Kenyan's going. There he goes. He's got the afterburners on. Come on, Peter. That's it. Move those legs. Move those arms. Run. Run, son. He's in second. He's getting overtaken by the Polish and the other Kenyan's going to get fourth. He's going to get fourth. Oh, that's good, though. Well done to Peter. Oh, no, he's not even going to get fourth. Oh, we got fourth. Oh, well done. We'll take that. Oh, any day of the week. That's, that's brilliant. Good on him. The Kenyans look like they went one, two. And, uh, yeah, the Polish guy, third. And then I'll oh, look at the all the family there. In Perth. Oh, it's Perth. Okay, it's in Perth. Never mind. They've got the, uh, the subtitle there saying Perth. It's all right, Sydney. Uh, lockdown's going on there. So, uh, Peter Bowl. Oh, fourth place. I'm sure that uh, Bruce will be talking about that and probably saying that it was a, a brilliant result for him there. So, uh, no extra medal to add for Australia. And he does he look disappointed, do you think, there, Jared? He does look a little bit, and I feel it's probably just like the immediacy of the moment finishing fourth because surely you move away from that and um, and you can look back and be proud. Yeah, I mean, like I, I would probably go out on a limb and say finishing fourth in the Olympic finals is probably the worst place to finish. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, the first Australian to make a 800 final, what, since like 68, wasn't it? So, I mean, great result there for Peter to do that. And I, I always love it in athletics. They've just got the flag so ready to go. They've always just got a flag. Red, like, where are these people just sitting in the crowd, particularly with no crowd? They just have a, a flag ready to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, are they pre- supplied by like the Olympics or like what's the deal? Because surely, if you get some super like obscure country yeah. <laughs> winning a medal, then like you've got to have a flag like ready to go. And they just always seems to be one that pops up. So unless I just feel like there must be something behind the scenes where. Um, yeah, the, the IOC or, or whatever has um, kind of a bundle of flags ready to go of, of, in case of any result in the final. If the, if the British Virgin Islands had a won the other day, like where's that flag coming from? Hmm. Um, so Kip Curry, Emmanuel Korea, uh, sorry, Emmanuel Kip Curry, Amir, uh, Kur- the, the Kenyan one ahead of Ferguson, Sheriot Rotic, Poland's Patrick Dobek got the bronze, and uh, Peter's been interviewed right now as we can speak. Uh, he was Spaniard. Adrian Ben finished fifth. So Peter Bowl officially classified in fourth there, and the American finished last. I thought he was one of the uh, the favourites for that one. So, um, yeah, he's, he's looking somewhat happy there. He's not looking too disappointed, Peter. 
don't know what he's saying right now, but um, I'm sure, yeah, as we, we'll see about 50 more replays of that, no doubt. <laughs> Before the uh, we'll we'll catch it once we're finished recording. Essentially, um, uh, no, I'm not going to do athlete of the day yet. <laughs> um, commentary fails. Uh, I believe Colin sent some in, but uh, Jared, what have you got for me today? Before I get to Collins, just basically everything from the women's skateboarding. <laughs> like I don't have anything in particular to say. There was the one comment about I think they were trying to make an analogy between like when you go into like the event, like you want to like hit the tricks hard, but somehow like they started talking about if you're going to be a monkey, you want to be a gorilla. (laughs) Um, It's just, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was the same as last time. It was all just like chummy and them being like, oh, I really want this person to do good because I'm friends with them or I met them once and oh, they're just happy to be here, this, that, whatever else. Um, And I get that maybe it's a little bit more like lighthearted because the athletes are like so young but it's just it just adds to the frustration that like you've got 12 year olds winning an olympic sport and then the commentary makes it also seem like really unprofessional so it just it just doesn't help the case of um skateboarding really staying in the olympics this is the new event that really hasn't lived up to the hype yeah i mean i'm, I'm completely with you like again as i said earlier this this whatever it was today street park whatever the hell it was it was a hundred times better than what we got the other day but it's just I don't know. And like that just the commentators just I, I could not listen to it. I could not like after like five minutes, like I've written down a few things here. You sell the sizzle, not the steak. Um and then the the the, the most obnoxious one between the two, the one who's always talking about, Oh yeah, there's my mate, there's my mate. Oh, I I had coffee mm. with him once, I did this. His whole thing that he wouldn't shut up about, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a judge. Oh, luckily I'm not a judge. Oh, tell you what, if I was a judge, that would be number one. Oh, judge, yeah, I wish I wasn't a judge. Oh, I'm dirty about the votes for that last one. Oh, the judge. And then would not shut up about the British girl, uh, Sky Brown. Holy crap. I got sick of hearing her name. Uh, and then I d- it just made me dislike her. I'm sorry that I dislike a 13-year-old girl. That Good on her for making the Olympics. Yes, I'm jealous before you send in the complaints. But, like, it just I just did not want this girl to win because they wouldn't shut up about it. And then the one they get there, at one point they say, uh, I've had a lot of people today asking me if she's from Oz. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A lot of people are saying, is she from Australia? Even though she was born in the UK, her parents are Japanese in the U- from the UK, and lives in America. Confusing, right? Oh, yeah. Like, What? Like, that doesn't even make sense, right? It's just, it's just so, oh, it's so bad. And it was a not, like, they interviewed them in the studio because they brought them in to do, like, a, one of these um, replays of the final and for them to talk about it. And it was just, it just was exactly how you'd expect it to be. They're there, like, one's wearing, like, a T-shirt, the other one's wearing, like, a flannel and, like, <laughs> socks and thongs and, like, trackies and just, it's like, why did they surely there was a better option or somebody could have told them in between to like let's do a better job here of keeping it professional and making it seem like this sport should actually be in the olympics rather than it really just the whole time it felt like they were just commentating like an event at us at their local skate park yeah and the other one there that i had i think i put in our chat today at one point when they were like oh she's the first australian female skateboard in the finals to which the other person replied oh yeah the first australian finalist to which the other person replies, oh yeah like what does that even mean um and then they were talking up uh thingo so much sky brown that on her like last run they were just like oh how good is she oh that's just a training run she got bronze she didn't even win the gold all right Jesus, just like, 
I can't stomach those two. I'm glad I didn't see them because I don't ever want to see their faces because I've got a picture and I you kind of sold it for me. Um, Colin shot through some from the CBC commentary. He says, commentary from skateboarding. If you weren't watching us during the live feeds, you wouldn't know this, but Yindira had a wardrobe change. She was wearing that yellow shirt before and now she's opted for something more colourful, but she's still wearing it in the same way. But if you look good, you skate good. Okay. I... I mean, I obviously would skate very good than if I ever got on a skateboard. Um, I think the majority of stuff I've got, though, outside of that is uh, from Bruce and Tamsin. Always good for some uh, some great little moments. Um, we had uh, an American, uh, last name was Alan. I can't remember what event he was in. Um, but uh, he's a bit of a showboater. He likes to kind of do some pop and locks and some moves, and he won his heat or whatever event it was, and he turned to the camera and he kind of did this weird, like, robot kind of thing. There was this silence, and then Bruce McAvoy goes, he's getting weirder by the moment. <laughs> he just this awkward silence before uh, actually says that. Um, also tonight there was uh, was it the four hundred one of the uh, the Canadian athletes in the four hundred the women's um, Tamsin gets there and goes oh and she wants to be a firefighter which will come in handy because there'll be a lot of smoke to put out after this race bit of an awkward silence which Bruce replies not your best one there but I'll pay it and then Tamsin oh like little was that flirtatious between Bruce and Tamsin there I don't know. Yeah, they've got, they do have good chemistry, the two of them. So um, I just, it's really weird, like listening to the commentary and just thinking like, what are we going to do in Paris if like, if Bruce isn't there? Yeah, which it's, let's be honest, he's probably not. Like I feel no, this is yeah. his last, I really hope he's like, because he didn't do Pyeongchang, did he? I want him back for Beijing. Because um, Channel 7, the last Olympics he would have done winter would have been Turin because 9 had Vancouver and 10 had Sochi. So, um, but was he in Turin? I don't even know. Jeez, Bruce, come on. Come back for the winters. Come back for Beijing. Go out on a high in Beijing. Um, I did like the sailing commentary uh, when they were talking about Matthew Belcher and Will Ryan. Uh, Their secret to their sailing, they enjoy it. Yep, it's always a positive there. Um, And also, I do love Dave Colbert. He might be growing on me as one of my favourites for these games. Just completely bagging out the Aussie decathletes for having shit technique in the long jump. Like, the whole time, he's like, oh, that's terrible technique, terrible technique. But he is a decathlete. Uh, Like, basically going there. And he will not shut up about the sand. (laughs) He loves going off about this sand, doesn't he? He was even going on at all. They can have golden sand at the beach volleyball. They can have golden sand at the dressage. Why do we get dirt? And then I think it was at Tanzan or Bruce even turned around and said, oh, you won't shut up about the sand, will you, Dave? He's like, no, I need to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Oh, so good. Um, the other fail, a slight fail I had today, I mentioned in the group, uh, was on Wikipedia. And again, you can't really fault Wikipedia. This is something that people edit. But, uh, for a large portion of the day, Karina Lee was listed as being from New Zealand, uh, on the marathon swimming. So, uh, whoever got that wrong, screw you. That wasn't very nice. Can I also just want to point out one thing about the Channel 7 comment, uh, the coverage. We know they like a good montage. You know, it's all good. We, we haven't had the hair one. We've, we've had a few other ones there. And, and honestly, I'm not even joking. My favourite part of the Olympics, most likely, is always the end montage they put after the closing ceremony. It's epic. It's always it gets me. I literally cry in it. Like it's always good. I save them. I have every single montage from Sydney onwards on my computer from both winter and summer. So Jared, if you want me to hook you up, I can hook you up. But I have to say, their music choices when they go in and out of ad breaks, pretty on point, pretty modern, pretty up there with all the you know the kids, the skateboarding fans. Why do they keep playing "Get Set" by Taxi Ride? 
That song hasn't been played, I think, since 2001. What's going on there, Jared? I don't know. It's got to be, it must be somebody's favourite, right? And that's just, maybe it's an in-joke between them. I don't know. It's it, To me, it always jars and it's an odd choice as well. I, I guarantee the members of Taxi Ride are probably working at like Woolworths now or Centrelink. They probably come home, you know, turn on the TV with their wife and four kids and they've watched the coverage and all of a sudden it comes, ha ha, that was, that was me. And like, oh, shut up, Jeff, that wasn't you. And I was like, I was in Taxi Ride. No, you won't. No one remembers Taxi Ride. Um, to 1999 get sets from, it's not even from 2001. It's that bloody old. Jesus, went to number eight in the ARIA charts. Was that successful? Come on. Okay, a couple get- of cents of uh, royalties every time it's played on Channel 7. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe one of the guys from Taxi Ride works for Channel 7's music department. It's like, fuck, I'll get royalties every single time I play it. Like, it's not like they've just played it once. I swear they play it like three times every day. Like, yep. get it, everybody. I mean, it's not a bad song, but it's just like, seriously, of all the songs you can choose, get set by Taxi Ride. Like, what is going on there? Um, all right. Well, we uh, don't know how this is going to go today. Athlete of the day. I feel like we need to have like dramatic music going on. Let's try that again. Athlete of the day. (laughs) Scary now. (laughs) Um, Now, Colin actually today, even though he's not with us, has sent us in a nominee. He's our nominee on the back of uh, our our hurdler yesterday from Norway, breaking the world record. He's gone with Sydney McLaughlin for breaking the world record today in the women's 400 hurdle on the fact that she broke it twice uh, and went under, uh, was it 47, 46, first woman to do that. So um, that's who he's voting for. I'm just going to say this right now. Too many hurdlers. Too many hurdlers. Got to spread it out. No, nah, no, nah, too many hurdlers. Don't know. What about you, Jared? Who's your Who's your thoughts for today? Today's a tough one. Like, I feel like nobody really stood out to me from what I saw and what I've looked at um, in the events from today. Um, I'm almost tempted to uh, throw to, this is going to, uh, annoy Colin Doubly, an Australian and also an Australian swimmer at that. Oh, okay. Who? In uh, Karina Lee um, from the marathon swim. But, um, I mean, I could be swayed really on anybody today because I don't have a super strong contender. But I I've just got... think in an okay. impressive swim, you know. Um. No, I agree. Like, I mean, and like Colin, before you start yelling at your speakers right now, again, it's a history-making moment. Our first ever marathon swim, a bronze medal. We literally don't know who this woman is, and she's done it, and we won't know who she is in a week's time. So, but we'll get her on the show. We'll get Karina on the show, and uh, we'll get her to talk about. Because, as I said before, I legitimately would like to learn what gets you into marathon swimming. Um, I, if I was to nominate an Aussie, because we're doing this here, I'm just going to do this every day now to to piss Colin off. Um, I would honestly put up Peter. I think fourth in an 800 is pretty bloody good. So uh, good for him. But no, my my two nominees, neither of them are from Australia, Colin, and neither of them are medalists, Colin. So there you go. Um, I have got from uh, sports climbing. Uh, I have got the Russian, the rock athlete of Yulia. Kaplina. Now, uh, I caught her second speed run and she was off like a rocket. She's the world record holder in this event. And the athlete before her, I think the Slovenian, she nearly broke the world record. She was like this close to breaking it. So Yulia's like, fuck you. No, I'm not going to let you do it. So she's climbing up the wall. She's going gun blazers. I finally heard the commentators. I heard what you were getting at. Then just as she's on like the last climb, she goes to reach out to touch it. She slips and she falls and as she falls, hands on the head, starts 
bawling her eyes out. Like, not a word of the lie. She was just in hysterics. I felt so bad for her. Um, like, uh, this is, I know, a weird thing for Athlete of the Day, but I feel like we need to perk her spirits up a little bit because of that. And the other one, speaking of perking up the spirits, I'm going to a Belgian decathlete by the name of Thomas van der Platzen, who uh, started off all right uh, in the 100, um, did an 11.05, pretty good, got to the long jump. As he got to the board, something went pop in his leg and he decided to forward jump instead of do the whole thing. So he basically face plants into the sand and lets out a large scream. The camera goes straight to his face to which you hear a very audible, fuck! And then <laughs> next minute, you see him in the uh, the Aussie heptath- uh, steeplechase wheelchair being wheeled off, hand in his head. He's let his country down. Uh, so my nominees are based on the fact that they've had shit days. They've they've epitomised the Olympic spirit to me by trying, uh, and they've done their best. They'll both be used in montages, the face-planting Belgium and the crying Russian. So they're my nominees, Jared. Don't know if I sway you on any of those. I mean, they both sound great. How do I pick between the two? Um, <laughs> well, which we've not the, had a which sports are the two, Which of the two would annoy Colin more? Um... Well, he likes his decathlon, but having said that, we've had athletics. We've, we've already covered athletics. We haven't covered sports climb. We've got to spread the sports out, according to Colin. So, do we, give it to, do we give it to Yulia? I think so. I mean, I nominated a sports climber yesterday, so I'm happy to go with uh, with Yulia. All right, there you go, Yulia. And look, okay, I'll backtrack, Colin, in all seriousness. Not to take away from your hurdler, but you're not here to defend it. So, sorry, it's Yulia. <laughs> and uh, also, we will say that uh, pending investigations into the Russians, this may also get stripped from her and given to Thomas after the Olympics, should she be found to have drugs in her system. So, we will say we will follow that rule for our athlete of the day and go back on that one uh, when it comes to that. Uh, now we don't have a whole lot more. I don't think we're going to be sticking around for half an hour to do the 200. So we'll update you on that tomorrow. Um, we haven't done a feed the dream in a couple of days. Um, shall we, let's, 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 let's do one here tonight. What, 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 who, what are we thinking here? Jared? It's got to be, um, the, uh, artistic swimmers, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. All right. Um, what what shall we say? Artistic, you're swimming more or something? You were terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure it's more synchronized. Artistic, swim yourselves more. Uh, I can't even spell yourselves. What's going on here? Uh, make sure it's more synchronized. And your nose right? plugs are uh, um, tight. And your nose plugs are tight. Okay. Name. Uh, Colin Crybaby. Uh, <laughs> Colin Hilding at gmail.com. Real email address. You should email it. Um, do we have any updated Canada's messages here? Um, Catherine Gray. Hashtag feed the dream. Hashtag your words. Beautiful diving. So powerful and precise. Way to go. Um yeah, these are. I'm sorry, Canada. Like you're great, but like seriously, your messages are really boring. Uh, what's the team Oz votes for today? We have all class between opponents at full time. There's a picture of Paddy Mills and an Argentinian basketballer. Cool. First boxing medal for Australia secured in 33 years. Kookaburra's flying to gold medal match or sports climbing makes its debut with a picture of Tom O'Halloran. I'm voting for Tom. He deserves it. 
That's true. After that bouldering performance, um, I'm kind of regretting not putting him up for athlete of the day <laughs> yesterday. But yeah, no, I, I think uh, think Tom deserves that, and I'm sure he'll um, win that in a resounding majority, given. Um, who he's up against there. <laughs> exactly. No, no one else in that would uh, even remotely come close uh, to, to doing that. I mean, the, the boxing. Did you see the interview with Harry last night? Uh, having like bagging out the, the selectors or whatever it was. What did he say? He was like, oh, and a message back to those at home who said that this wouldn't happen to this. Well, look who's winning a medal now. <laughs> Something like that. Like, it's so brilliant. This is boxing. This is why we need to see more boxing at the Olympics. Like, this is it's so great. It's so great. Um, He's uh, Friday, I believe, at 2.45 Australian time. He's... Uh, He's boxing. He's boxing. Um, that's that's generally the correct term. He's fighting. Uh, how do we say that? Um, if we've got any updates on the medals, we do. Oh, okay. Artistic swimming. Well, you called it. Rock's got the gold. China silver. Ukraine bronze. So uh, Rock's leaped back up into fifth now, breathing down our necks. I'm going to say this. Rather Rock overtake us in Britain. Got to say it. Rock's having a great debut Olympics. So it'd be a fairy tale story for them if they were to walk away with uh, top five at the Olympics. Um, do we have any others? What would we have? Some wrestling going on, didn't we? Um, I can't see any events having been decided there. Oh, no, that's not true. Uh, Egypt got the... No, they lost. Hang on. I'm reading this wrong. Okay. Uh, Germany got the bronze in the 67 kilos, Greco-Roman. Uh, in the bronze for the other. So Egypt, I think I already went over those ones, didn't I? Uh, the final. Okay, gold went to Iran. Is that their first gold of the games? Possibly. Uh, silver went to the Ukraine in the 87 kilo. We've got bronze to Germany and Serbia. Uh, gold went to the Ukraine over Hungary. And in the women's freestyle, we've got bronze going to Bulgaria and the Ukraine. The gold medal final between Kyrgyzstan and Japan is on as we speak. Who is your money on there, Jared? It's got to be Kyrgyzstan, right? Yeah, come on. Get on the stands. The stands love. Uh, why isn't Stan the official sponsor of the Olympic wrestling? All the stands do well when it comes to... Uh, do you, how many years do you think until we have to subscribe to Stan to watch the Olympics? Probably about another 10. Brisbane 2032, Stan, official broadcaster yeah, of the Olympics. Probably. Yeah, Given they've taken over the tennis, the Olympics is next. Yep, exactly. Uh, weightlifting, it looks like Georgia's currently leading that ahead of Iran and Syria. Uh, so there you go. There's a Kiwi in the final. Good on him for being a heavy lifter of shit in New Zealand. Um, and what about the the one that we're all waiting on bated breath for, the equestrian? Do we have a result in the equestrian before we say farewell? We do. Oh, no, Britain's it's gotten gold. News. Oh, <laughs> no. Shit. That means we are now officially down to fifth, aren't we? Oh, crap. Uh, Britain gold. Sweden? Silver and Netherlands. I love it when you see these countries you don't expect to win medals in certain events. Like Sweden and Equestrian don't really flow off the tongue very well. Oh, so bad news to end the episode on. The top five, China, USA, Japan, Britain, Australia. Oh, so Silver's, Jared, it's those Silver's that are letting us down. Jesus. Peter, you could have won the gold for us tonight. Um, Tomorrow uh, we have 20. Seven medals being decided, if you do not mind. Uh, the second most of any day uh, moving forward. And I guess uh, a couple of big ones for Australia tomorrow, or at least the gold uh, potential for us in the hockey. That's probably the main one, the Kookaburras against Belgium. How are you feeling ahead of that one? 
I'm feeling good now because I mean I counted them out earlier and said that the women's team was going to do better and that was my feeling so now that they've made the gold medal match I'm kind of just like well like either way I'll be happy well yeah it's it's interesting I mean look I'm I'm on tender hooks. I really would love them to win. Of course, we all do. We're Australian, but I mean, just again, sort of almost the the curse going on there. Uh, which I mean, is it really a curse when we have won a gold? But I mean, you look at our history and everything along those lines. But uh, speaking of curses, the big one uh, outside of that, the basketball, uh, the Boomers up against the USA tomorrow. That's during the day as well. It's quite a, an early one, two fifteen, I believe. It's on the afternoon. So, I mean, look, God, if we beat the freaking dream team. In the Olympics, who gives a shit if we get belted by France or Slovenia? I mean, that's our gold medal win right there. But uh, shit, this that would be big. That would be very, very big. And unlike the women, I feel like we've got a chance in this one. It would be huge. And it's hard to... I don't think, like, all their players was there and it was just a trial game. But that win against them in, like, when we were kind of doing training just a couple of weeks out from the Olympics, like, surely we've got to take something from that. Yeah, I, and I, I, if I was top of my head, I don't think we've ever beaten the U.S. in Olympic basketball. So, I mean, this is huge. But, um, look, go out there, give it your all, and then don't choke for the bronze. That's all I'll say. Um, also, I mean, plenty of things actually happening in terms of finals. There's a lot more than I realize. Uh, the women's semifinal of the beach volleyball, of course, is on tomorrow. So, uh, Atecho Del Sola and Clancy are up again. That's a very early one too, actually. That's at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. So, uh, quite an early one to get there. And uh, obviously not the one we wanted to be playing in, but the football, the Matildas, are going for bronze tomorrow uh, against the US. And again, like, no matter what happens in that result, it's, we've talked about it a lot. It is a huge, huge, big match, the fact that we're in a medal for a medal. But it's actually, uh, that is going on about an, uh, two hours before the hockey. So I was uh, luckily they're not on at the same time there. But uh, that'll be interesting. And in the water polo, we can get fifth because we play Canada for fifth in the women's water polo, the grudge match that we've wanted all Olympics. There it is, Jared. Yeah, definitely one to, uh, to look out for. Now, also to look out for tomorrow, get excited because we get to see karate for the first time at these Olympics, which I'm very excited for. This is actually like, of all the new sports, it's the one that I really have no expectations for. I just don't know what to expect. And I feel this could be amazing or terrible. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm wearing the T-shirt. I'm wearing it. It's happening. The defence is on, even though she's not in the games. Modern pentathlon begins tomorrow, everyone. The the event that stops the games. Uh, the only day where no medals will be decided. But uh, we talked this up five years ago as the event that everyone should get excited for. We ended up getting a freaking gold medal in it. Screw you all, the haters. That's the one time Ben Waterworth's prediction has gone all right with it. But uh, I, I seriously love the modern pentathlon. It is like the the most batshit crazy of sports. It's like Nordic combined. at the Like, like who came up with this idea? It's just batshit crazy, but it's brilliant. And we're the reigning champions in at least one of them, so we can take some of that. I mean, are you excited? Modern pentathlon's back, Jared. I am. It is. It's just, like you say, it's just the weirdest mix of sports. It really feels like somebody just either they invented a sport that they were going to be good at because they happened to be to do all these disciplines or literally they just pulled sports out of a hat and were like, okay, that sounds good. I actually think that um, I, I did hear recently that it was Pierre de Coubertin did invent it. He was basically wanted to kind of combine all these, you know, great events together to really, you know, the champion of the Olympics. But I mean, like, I think we talked about this five years ago. Combine them all together. I want them on a horse with a gun and a sword, jumping into the water and then getting out of the pool and running to the finish line. Like, just get it all done with in like two hours. That's, that's the best way to do it. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm surprised that Colin likes this sport because you know how, like, the last bit, they people leave at different times and it's staggered and they're not all together, <laughs> which we know is Colin's pet peeve when it comes to uh, relays in Olympic sports. Yep, yep. No, I'm completely there. And I believe uh, Chloe's brother is our competitor in the men's, uh, so that's good. And I do know the name of our female competitor, but I apparently don't have it in front of me right now, so I apologise, Chloe Esposito B. But... Uh, you are keeping her seat warm until Paris. Let's just say that right now. But I'm pumped. I'm really, really pumped for that. And another day of action. As I said, 27 medals tomorrow. It's a very, very busy day. The second most that are being given out at any point. So there you go. We're going to leave this right now. But Jared, one thing I want to leave on is uh, we didn't. you brought this up, this great little story you brought up today. The fact that we didn't have a cultural element really at the uh the opening ceremony but there's culture at the equestrian tell us about what's happening at the equestrian and how it's affecting our horses well big news at the equestrian is that um all the jumps they're obviously all styled in kind of traditional japanese elements there's like a geisha jump and there's a couple of temple jumps but the one jump that's causing everybody trouble is the sumo wrestler jump which is putting (laughs) off the horses the horses are not liking running at this uh this big sumo wrestler and i believe they actually come into it not like face on they come in from the back so they see the butt first yeah. <laughs> um but yeah there, there's there's apparently there's been a number of horses that have balked at this jump and haven't wanted to go over it because they see this big imposing figure and backside before they get to the jump and they're not happy about it well would you would you want to jump if you see a big butt in your no, face i don't think so yeah i'm on board the horses here have they removed it or is it still going to be there i think it's still there Wow. I mean, that's actually, I always like that about the show jump because I remember in Sydney, they kind of have like all the cool little, you know, elements and all that sort of stuff. Um, I will correct myself. Sorry, Chloe's brother is not competing for Australia at these Olympics. He did the last Olympics. I thought he was back, but both the Espositos have decided to take a pass from Tokyo. Ed Fernan is our male athlete and Marina Carrier is carrying the hopes of back-to-back gold in modern pentathlon. So uh, get on board that. We'll be back tomorrow, same, well, not same time, but same place. I don't know what time it will go up. Usually we stagger these during the day. Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. You can stay up to date with everything on there. And, of course, we appreciate you subscribing to our channels to stay up to date with everything. Get these direct to your speakers. We've got more exciting stuff happening throughout the rest of the games. And I'm telling you now, you're going to stay tuned after these Olympics because we've got some great interviews lined up already in the lead-up to Beijing. And we're, of course, we'll be getting some Tokyo people on board as well to make sure that they don't win any medals come Paris, at least when I interview them anyway. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Jared. always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great. Fingers crossed for all the uh, Aussie teams tomorrow. Indeed. Let's hope for a big one. And also, let's hope for Andre right now. By the time we're ending this, it's literally only minutes away. You'd think we'd stick around, but we can't be bothered. So fingers crossed for Andre and fingers crossed for Aaron to get another medal for Colin. Until tomorrow, we have been off the podium. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Good night. Turning Japanese up and come, turning Japanese up and things slow.